Pastor Emery Tarpley has uh, come to bring us a word, and I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Tarpley. He's going to do some special music for us, and then he's going to have a sermon. And Pastor, uh, don't feel rushed. You have a word for us. We want to hear it. And we'll just send somebody over to the kitchen to tell them to leave the food in the oven a little longer and on the stovetop. So I just don't want you to feel rushed. Thank you. We're not going to get in there. I'm just hoping there's each of you. We're going to sing a little bit, we'll preach a little bit, and then we're going to eat a whole lot. <laughs> it's good to be here this morning. Beautiful day outside. It's been a beautiful day inside the Redeemers. I've known them since day one. And, Wonderful. They bless people everywhere they go. They've been blessing this morning, and this gentleman adds to that. He's the hardest working Gideon that I know. Uh, and I get to hear him. Okay, I want to invite you to sing with me. If you if you feel like standing, please do so. If you feel like clapping your hands, let's do that. But please, uh, you'll know the song just as soon as I start. I'm not going to tell you what it is. But you'll know it. Come on, let's stand and sing. Pat your foot. Clap your hands. Some glad morning when this life is over. You may be seated. Oh, we're going to work up an appetite. <laughs> That'd be all right. Elwood, good to see you, my man. You're looking sharp. I love vacation Bible school. When I was a kid, I, I couldn't wait. I, it's like Christmas, just waiting year after year to go to vacation Bible school. Uh, it was a beautiful time. I remember some good things, some songs and scriptures and they mean more to me now than, than they did then. Uh, but one of the songs that, that we would sing all the time, and you know the words to it, uh, This Little Light of Mine. Oh, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Let Shine, let it 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 shine, let
until Jesus come. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine till Jesus come. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine till Jesus come. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Oh, this the light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. This the light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. This the light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. 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 The memory verse that we would learn year after year after year. Uh, and I often wondered why it was the same verse every year. But now I've come to appreciate it because it's kind of the gospel in a nutshell. Uh, it's a gospel in, in one verse. John 3.16, you've probably learned it too. But let us share it together. For God so loved the world that gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish and have everlasting Just as vivid and, and wonderful in my heart today, the song that we learned. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. you glad that Jesus loves you? Mm -mm. And he'll continue to love you. Day after day, regardless of who we are, what we do, even when we might step out back into the world, he still loves us, still bids us to come, still says, you know, I love you, I want you, I want to be in fellowship with you. He's got the whole world in his hands, he's got the whole world. Got the whole world in his hands, got the whole wide world in his hands, got the whole world in his hands, got the whole world in his hands. He's got everybody here in his hands, he's got everybody here in his hands, he's got everybody here in his hands, got the whole world. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. 
He stopped the whole world in His hands. I get to hear my brother Ralph sing every week, and it's a blessing. The hardest working Gideon that I know. Uh, he's already shared with you about the text scriptures. City of Salem schools open, and they've done such a wonderful job. Uh, so thankful for this church, Brother Sean, for the invitation to come. Uh, looking forward to the meal. Ah, yes. I want to share two scriptures with you this morning as we begin. The first one is John, the 15th chapter, uh, reading verses 1 through 14. These are the words of the living Christ, then and now for us as well. Christ says, I am the true vine, and my Father is a gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain or abide in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I've loved you. Greater love is no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. And the second scripture comes from a little book of Titus. Coming from the second chapter of Titus, verses 11 through 14. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness, and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. May God bless the reading and the hearing of his word. So glad to be here this morning. So glad to be with you. It's an exciting time. Homecoming at Lafette Church. I love, I love the word home. It's got a, a warmness to it. Uh, we talk about homecoming, homegoing, homemade, 
talk about home cooking. <laughs> that puts a smile on your face when you think about the cooking that's going on right now. But it, it, it's, it's exciting. It's a, it's a feeling in my heart when I'm away from home to be back home. There's a longing for home. Uh, my family and I, for years, enjoyed taking vacations to the ocean, Virginia Beach. If we wanted to fish, we'd go to the Outer Banks and spend a week. Uh, and it was beautiful. We, we loved it. Uh, but, uh, you know, we would rent a cabin or a house for seven days, seven nights. About the fifth day in, there, there was a feeling that we want to be home. <laughs> we didn't want to leave the beach yet. We wanted to get as much time in as we could. But there was just a longing to get back home. And when we get in the, back in the car, the kids would talk, start talking about home. They'd start singing home, sweet home. Uh, and as we get back in the mountains, and we knew we were drawing close to home. But there was just that longing in our heart uh, that we enjoyed the week. It, it was a good week, but we wanted to be home. Uh, however, today, uh, we are home in the sense of being together in, in this home. This is our temple of God, the house of Jesus. We are at home with him in this exciting time. I think for homecoming, we, we have to celebrate the past. And Mary Lou has so uh, graciously done that this morning, talking about this church. I think it's the oldest brick structure in Montgomery County, if I'm not. Yes. Uh, in, a, in a lot of history, when you, when you think about what's happened here, uh, this church has been a blessing to this community year after year. A uh, hundred and how many years? 174. 174. That's almost as old as I am. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how old I am. But I'll tell you this, that when, when I've been down to tie my shoes, I stay down there a while looking around to see if there's anything else I can do while I'm down there. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> But think for a minute of the saints that have been connected with this church from day one until now. Saints who labored hard, dedicated saints to build this church, dedicated saints to lead this church over the period of years. Uh, my father-in-law was raised in Lafayette, Ralph Glenwood Thomas, uh, and Miss Lily was his mom. When I was here doing the interim, my wife had gone through some of his books and found a diary. And in that diary, he had written, I helped dig the foundation at Lafette Church today. Now, I'm sure it's not this church. I'm probably the Sunday school classroom. Uh, but but uh, when, when we were here, my wife was telling Pug about that, and Pug said, what is his name? And she told him Ralph Glenwood Thomas. And he said, we found initials carved in a, a wood trust uh, under the building, RGT. Uh, we, can't, we don't know that for certain, but it, it probably was his because he came and, and helped. But there was manual labor in, in this church. But look on the spiritual side of those saints that, that helped build this church spiritually. You know, the building is one thing, the church is another thing. And those saints that, that uh, led this church spiritually probably play, prayed at this altar, uh, praying for uh, special people who knew, 
who needed to know Jesus in the community or in the family, and they were brave enough then after church to go and to speak to that individual they prayed for and say to them, we pray for you at the altar this day. We want you to receive Jesus. And they weren't afraid to ask the big question, when you die, where are you going? You know, that's what the church was built on, was salvation, the shed blood of Christ. And those saints kind of paved the way for where we're at today. Uh, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for their labor, their dedication, their prayers, their sharing salvation with others. And it's the same way in your spiritual journey. You're not here today in your spiritual journey by yourself. You look back over the years and there have been those that, that nurtured you and brought you into a knowledge of Christ Jesus. Might have been a Sunday school teacher, a preacher, a mother, a father. But somewhere along the line, somebody helped you to initiate that relationship by being saved and nurtured you in that relationship. There's an old folk story that, that a farmer would always tell when he was showing off his property to people from the city. Uh, he would come along and look at a fence post, and he said, now if you see a turtle sitting on top of a fence post, you can rest assured that he didn't get there by himself. You know, and that's the same way in our lives. We didn't get here by ourselves. This church didn't get here by itself as a spiritual body. There were those that helped. There were those that put sweat and tears into it, prayer after prayer after prayer. So we've already heard from Brother Sean and Mary Lou the good things that have happened in this church, so many good things over the period of years. But I want to challenge you this morning in our homecoming service that we can't rest on those laurels. No, we've got the future ahead. We need to... We need to be steadfast in our faith, our hope, our joy, and we need to keep ourselves untainted from the world, unstained from the world. We need to be a peculiar people, as Titus says, different from the world. People need to see us and know that we're different. Uh, so we need to be untainted from the world. We need to encourage each other's brothers and sisters. When we come out here on Sundays, go back into the workaday world Monday through Saturdays, we're going to meet with all kinds of obstacles. And we need to uh, acknowledge our brothers and sisters on Sunday morning to pray for each other, to build each other up, to be able to go into that workaday world and to share Christ and to, to live the life of a Christian untainted by the world, encouraged by brothers and sisters in Christ. But we celebrate celebrate the past we celebrate too the future of the church a new name a new beginning uh, but in all the newness please let's not forget that the church was brought into being by the holy spirit at pentecost you remember the story all the nationalities that were gathered there the holy spirit spoke and and each nationality heard the gospel of jesus christ in their own language they were saved, uh, and, and you look at that early church, and they were meeting under, under trees, no buildings, and, and the pagans, when they would walk along, would poke fun at them and started calling them little Christ because they were praying to Christ. They were, you know, uh, sharing the gospel with each other. So the little Christ led into Christian, and now we're known as Christians, but we need to be little Christ. We, in fact, we need to be big Christ. <laughs> in our churches and in our communities and on the job uh, to be stewards of the gospel. We can only do that 
as we, the branches, abide in the vine. Our lifeblood spiritually comes from that main source of Jesus, His love, His shed blood. As we draw that strength, then we and abide in that. I think the word abide or remain is eight times in the scripture that I read. So important that we recognize it that from apart from Christ, we're nothing. Apart from Christ, we can do nothing. So we need to abide in the bond uh, to be able to to take that lifeblood to share it with others. In the new beginning, I remind you that the church is still God's instrument in the world. Uh, The church is still needed. People in the world are disillusioned, disappointed. Their attitudes of hate, revenge, greed, uh, people that don't know where to turn, that need to know Jesus. So the church is still God's instrument, and, and they need to find here in your church, my church, they need to find what the world can't give them. They need to find the answers to, to the demands of life, to the troubles of life, to the discouragements of life. So there, there's still a purpose for the church, and it's all governed by God. It's all strengthened by His Holy Spirit with the love of Jesus and, and His shed blood. Second Corinthians 5, I think it's starting at verse 16 through 20, tells us that when we receive Christ, we become a new creature. All things have passed away. All things have become new. But in that same portion of Scripture, we, when we receive Christ, we become ambassadors for Christ. That means to be representatives of Christ. Not just as a church building calls attention to Christ, but by the way that we live. We've been reconciled to God as Christians. And that same scripture says then that we then have become ministers of reconciliation. That is to reach out and to bring others into Christ, let Him mend the relationships, let Him uh, turn that hard heart into a soft heart, a loving heart. So we, we're ambassadors we are ministers of reconciliation in this church, in this community, and other churches that any of you might be part of, or my church that, I, that I'm part of. Uh, ambassadors, bringing people into the knowledge of Christ, reconciling their differences. But I, I remind you that to be successful in what we need to be doing, to be successful in our Christian life, to live the Christian life, we need to pray. We need to pray. Pray, pray, pray. Receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. The early church grew because it praised God, it prayed to God, and then came the power. So if we want the power of the Holy Spirit, we've got to pray, pray, praise, praise, and allow Him then to work in us. So along with praying, we need to listen, to listen, to listen, to listen to God only, to draw away from the world and try to attune ourselves to Him and what He's saying to us as a church. Before my wife got sick and and I became a caregiver uh, around the clock, I volunteered at Feeding America Southwest Virginia for five, almost six years. And the man in charge of the salvage room was... uh, Gentleman James Andrews. Now, if any of you have been in and out of there, you, you might have seen James, a little short uh, African-American with a smile on his face, bigger than he is. 
Uh, he's willing to share Jesus. He will share Jesus with anyone that will stop and listen. But he always hadn't been that way. He and I became very, very close. Uh, we would share our stories. We would share how Christ has helped us open the uh, pitfalls of life. And he, his story goes something like this. He had a good job at the GE plant in Salem. Had a beautiful family. Uh, and he fell into the drug market. Uh, soon, GE thought so much of him that they sent him to a program to dry out and to come back and work. That would work for a while. The same thing would happen. GE sent him to three different programs trying to keep him. The next time he failed, they fired him. His family left him. Uh, they came on the street with drugs. Some of his friends raked up enough money to send him to another program. This went on. Seven different programs that he went through uh, to get straightened up and to be sober. None of it worked for any length of time. His story goes that, that he was downtown on a Saturday night uh, having fun, uh, drinking, doing drugs, and he ran out of money. <laughs> so he had to go home. He was living with his mother. And he came into the, the front door, into the living room, took off his shoes to go upstairs so he wouldn't make any noise. And when he got to the top of the stairs, he heard his mother talking. And James said, I wonder who she's talking to. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. As he walked down trying to not make any noise, wondering what was happening behind that door, he finally found out. He heard his name. She was pleading to God for her son James, that he needed the Lord. He needed to, to come clean and to be the James that he was early in his life. And this went on for 10 minutes. And, and James said, it just got to me all at once and I fell to my knees and my elbows and pleaded with the Lord that He'd take me right now and that He would cleanse me, fill me with His power. And from that day on, James has been, he's a wonderful Christian man, goes to Pilgrim Baptist Church in Roanoke. Dwight Steele is his pastor. Uh, I got to meet Dwight and we would talk when, when he would come by the salvage room there at Feeding America. Uh, he gets so happy in church that he gets up and runs around the pews, and he got the nickname Breezy <laughs> because of his past. But he loves the Lord. You know, and all the seven programs could not do for him what his mother's prayers did. If you're praying for a loved one, if you're praying for your church or a family member, pray, 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 never, ever give up. While you're praying, God's working. And He's working in the situation or whatever you're concerned about. But we as a church must pray for His guidance, His direction, and listen. Listen to what He wants to say, how He wants to order the church. Well, are you hungry? <laughs> With all this said, life and church is all about Jesus. Amen. All about Jesus. To be a successful church, it depends on how we present Christ, 
how we offer Christ. Let's, let's look for just a few moments about Christ in His fullness. Christ was God's beloved Son in whom God was well pleased. He was God's only begotten Son on the cross for our sins. Christ was a fulfillment of all the Old Testament prophecies. I understand there's over 360 prophecies. I'm not this smart to find them. I have found 30 of the main prophecies that I thought was uh, written in the headlines for today. But can you imagine Jesus fulfilling to the nth degree all 360 plus scriptures uh, of the Old Testament? He was all that he said he was. 13 times he says, I am the resurrection and the life. I am thou. You know, a wonderful Bible study to sit down and find those 13 I am's and to think about what Christ is. You know, we think about Christ, we have to think about God emptying himself into the fleshly body of Christ, coming to this world, God incarnate, Emmanuel, God is with us. Jesus did give his life on the cross, taken from the cross, buried the third day, he arose from the dead. One of my favorite things to think about is for 40 days after the resurrection, he appeared to believers. Sometimes one at a time, several times two at a time, like on the road to Emmaus, quite often to the assembled disciples. At least one time, the 500 plus brethren showed himself alive. After that 40 day period, he ascended back into heaven from whence he came. Important for you right now, he is at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. He's your advocate, he's your mediator, he's your intercessor. Amen. Building a place that we, his followers can live with him forever and waiting for God the Father to give the command to return to this earth to receive his own, his saved, his redeemed, and then himself, that where he is, we too may be. Praise him for all he's done, but it's not over. <laughs> he's going to return. He's going to return. And we in our churches need to sound the alarm Every church needs to be a lifeboat for those to climb in to be saved. If you watch the headlines in Florida the last week, uh, they were rescuing people. They were using kayaks, canoes, boats, uh, airboats. They were using air mattresses, styrofoam, everything they could use that floated, they were using it to rescue people. Uh, and I just simply point to that to say to you, there are those that need to be rescued and we need to be the lifeboat. We need to sound the alarm. He's going to return. Amen. He's going to return. We don't know when. We just need to be ready. Be prayed up and to be ready. Again, on this homecoming Sunday, the future of your church, of any church, is how we offer Jesus Christ. Please don't get hung up on the trivials, the difficulties of being church the mechanics of the church. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And without Him, our labors are in vain. Uh, when a church ceases to reach out to try to save souls, it ceases to be a church. It becomes a social gathering. We don't want that to happen here or anywhere else. We've got to remain true to Jesus. We've got to remain true to our calling to be ambassadors, to be ministers of reconciliation, uh, 
to be disciples, little Christ, big Christ. We need to be His representative. So let's preach Christ. Let's teach Christ. Let's don't be afraid to ask a big question. Where, where are you going when you die? Uh, you know, only two places. And they need to know that. Uh, in glory with Him or in hell with Satan. I choose to be with Him. Amen. How about you folks? To preach, teach, and to ask a big question. We need to be prayed up. We need to be ready for every opportunity that he gives us as a church to tell others about him and to bring others into a knowledge of Christ. If you are here this morning and never have surrendered your life to Christ, I don't know of any better time than right now. Beautiful day, a beautiful time that we're having. If you've never experienced, experienced the joy of having your sins lifted, your burdens lifted, and feel the joy of Him abiding in your heart, now's a good time. Right now is a good time. You can go over in the fellowship hall and eat your meal with a big smile on your face. Uh, you can go home or on the job and others will know that something good has happened in your life. And you can say, I've been in the presence of Jesus Christ. I'm a new creature. I'm a new person. I'm going to ask Sean to come to the altar, and, and I'm going to be at the altar. Uh, if you never committed your life to Christ, right now is a good time. If you need to recommit your life to Christ, now is the accepted time. If, you, if there's any doubt in your heart and mind right now about your relationship with Jesus, let, let's settle it. Uh, and let's remove that doubt and know afresh and anew that you belong to Him. Uh, closing Him will be sung, you'll be singing that, but Sean and I will be at the altar uh, anxious to pray with you, to work with you, whatever needs to be done to make sure that you are brought into a knowledge of Christ or to grow in Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for this day. And Father, as we you know, leave this congregation here we leave this sanctuary we're going to go to the fellowship hall and father there's food there and father we ask that you would bless that food to each and every one of us father i ask that you would bless the hands that prepared it and father i pray that we have received not just in our minds but into our hearts the message that was brought today father i pray that we would ponder it father we would meditate on it and, Father, that we would be wanting to know you more. Yes. We would open our Bibles up a little more during the week, that we would pray to you a little more. And, Father, that we would be compelled to come back here again yes. to meet with other believers, be lifted up, to be edified, to be better able to do the Great Commission. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.